2: hello good morning and welcome to the bottom line casey Law's weekly program for and about business i'm john purcell this week on the program we hear from julian hughes of hughes farming in kells the 2018 kilkenny chamber business of the year we hear from him about how his business is faring and what the benefits have been of taking part in the annual business awards which were launched during the week by Kenny Chamber of Commerce. I'll be talking to Margaret Fogarty about apprenticeship schemes in a business environment where it seems there is too much emphasis on third level degrees. But first, in a retail environment where there's an awful lot of conversation dominated about empty shop units with some people saying it's never been so bad we thought it would be a good idea to talk some facts. Joining me on the line is Dara Kyo, CEO of Geo Directory a company which issues a quarterly commercial vacancy report which provides information on individual counties including Kilkenny and Carlow and tells us what the commercial vacancy rates are in those. Dara your latest report which covers the period up until the end of June was released recently, what does it tell us about commercial vacancy rates first in the country and then I suppose in cakenny and Carlo
0: well unfortunately it's not painting a very happy picture and uh, we've actually seen an increase in the commercial vacancy rate uh, it's just up from to thirteen thirteen point three percent up point two percent and what we've actually seen is that eighteen of the counties 18 counties have seen an increase in their commercial vacancy rates, something that we actually weren't expecting, considering all the economic stories that we hear of success in Ireland. Um, we, we were quite surprised by the figures. We don't know if it's a trend or a blip yet or, you know, an anomaly, but at the moment, what we're seeing is an increase in the commercial vacancy rate. So what we see is that we have approximately or just over 28,000 uh, commercial units that are vacant. To put that in some perspective, and so people can get a visual in their head maybe of what that means. So if you imagine walking into Monaghan, and I don't mean the town, I mean the county, all the commercial buildings in the county would be a vacant. That would give you a sense of how many vacancies we actually have. So there's plenty of capacity there for, for individual and... Nationally For us to grow and individual counties also to grow
2: okay, so this is the seventeenth issue of the GeoView commercial vacancy report. What tr- types of trends have you seen over the last four to five years?
0: well, clearly with the um, when it started we were sort of in the sort of still really in the recession period and uh, we, we, saw, we saw a climb in the number of vacancies uh, and then in the last report, which is uh, you know we saw a decrease of in 14 counties there was a decrease in the number of vacancies. 14 counties had seen a decrease and a decrease in the overall national number as well. So that's the trend we've been seeing with a downward slide in the number of commercial vacancies. But now it's sort of, well, we don't know if it's reversed or, as I said, it's it's just a one-off anomaly, but this has seen a definite increase. So I suppose what you're seeing here is this is the real economy. This is what people really see. It's not the national economy where you have the multinationals and all that kind of stuff. This is much more localised and focused on, on on you know towns and cities across Ireland. Uh, so this is what's happening in Ireland at the minute.
2: Okay, so the national vacancy rate is 13.3. Of particular interest to us is Kilkenny and Carlow. How are Kilkenny and Carlo faring? Uh,
0: well, they're not too bad, actually. They're in Carlow, you're slightly above the average of 13.8, and Kilkenny is below the average of 12.6. Unfortunately, both have seen an increase Greater than the national average, though. So, Carlo has got an increase of vacancy. uh, The vacancy rate has increased by 0.4%, and in Kilkenny, it's 0.7%. So, Kilkenny has seen a big jump in its vacancy rate. Nevertheless, it is at a lower level than the national uh, vacancy rate, so it's not in a bad position. One of the things that we're trying to understand from these figures is what is what we call maybe the natural or expected vacancy rate in the commercial and The commercial cycle. We're not 100% sure yet what that is, but it's, it looks like it could be around 10%. Okay, so if it's in around 10, 11%, Kenny's not too far off that. Norm, Norm, you, it was Carlo? But Kenny is, is is closer, so it's it's doing you know reasonably okay. But there are room, there is room for improvement. And the reason we say natural vacancy rate, if you like, is there's always going to be need of some commercial units being being vacant because they're being repurposed, they're being refitted. Or there's, you know, a flow of businesses coming and going through, through, through the system.
2: Okay, so the national vacancy rate, just to repeat, is thirteen point three. Kilkenny is twelve point six, and Carlo is thirteen point eight. So Carlo a bit, slightly less than one percent above average and Kilkenny, just slightly below.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So you know, reasonably, I would put that in context. I suppose the county with the highest uh, commercial vacancy rate is Sligo. Which is nearly 19%. It's 18.9%. So you can see that's quite high. And the and the and uh, the one with the lowest is Mead, with just over just over 10%, 10.1%. Now what we do see is we do see a contrast between Dublin, its hinterland, and basically, uh, particularly if you move west, particularly that that east to west corridor. Uh, so Dublin and its hinterland would be, you know, would be looking at a vacancy rate in and around 10, 11, 12%. But as you move further away from Dublin the vacancy rate tends to increase. As I said, when you get to Sligo, it gets to nearly 19%, and, and actually Connacht itself, uh, the average there is probably 16% or so, it's quite high.
2: And what's the vacancy rate in, in Leinster just as a province? Do you have that figure to, the, to
0: hand? Yeah, it's just over, I haven't got, I, I, it's, it's just over 12%, I think it's 12.3 or 12.4%, so it's it's okay. Leinster itself is okay. Uh, we exclude, we, we what we do is we do a figure for Leinster excluding Dublin, because Dublin has uh, such a big driver, has the highest number of commercial uh, units so we exclude that to give leinster its own figure so it's, it comes in just over 12 percent so it's, it's it's you know it's it's pretty okay and it does show that leinster is doing is doing you know as a province it's doing better than than most of their provinces actually
2: just for a sense of perspective and briefly can you recall what the the best or the lowest vacancy rate has been uh since you commenced doing your your study
0: uh, off the top of my head unfortunately i can 't remember the lowest one, but it would be it would have been in i can 't remember the exact figure, but you 're probably talking a little bit under thirteen percent you 're probably looking at twelve- in the twelves at high twelve twelve point eight twelve point
2: so it hasn 't varied hugely really
0: it hasn't but well it's come down from the high it was it was much higher than that it was it was, it was a high the high was a little higher it was over well over nearly fourteen percent so that 's come down um but now uh, and the low was, was as I said, was in and around it but somewhere between twelve and a half and thirteen percent. I can't remember the, okay, the exact.
2: So figure. we're we're always in the the ten to fourteen percent range today. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. Yeah. If that's what we're saying. We think the natural rate might be in and around what well, we are calling the natural rate, in and around ten or ten, eleven percent. So uh, and what as I said, that that means there's there's always going to be a flow through the the building stock of companies opening, closing, repurposing, refitting, expanding, contracting. So that's just a natural uh, you know thing that's going on so what you see is if you have a market where the vacancy rate is much up much greater than that uh, you will find that well you should find that the, the rates are not the rates the rents would be cheaper Um so to put so give me an, an example would be if you look at towns we did an analysis of some of the towns as well so for example the the town with the highest level of vacancy is actually a dairy and county Offaly, and that's coming in at just under 29 percent so almost and not quite one in three commercial units vacant, which is very high. And then you have at the other end of Greystones, which has 5.8% uh, vacancy rate. So that's very low. So, you know, you can see there's quite a large variation across the country between, between towns as well as counties and, and provinces. So it, it can vary quite dramatically depending on where you are. So some places do better than others. That's, that's, uh, and, and I suppose that's not news to anybody, that's just the way it is.
2: Okay, Dara, thank you very much. That's Dara Keogh, Chief Executive of Geo Directory, talking about a national survey of commercial vacancy rates around the country.
0: The Bottom Line on KCLR with John Purcell. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants,
1: the southeast's largest independent accountancy practice, www.onf.ie.
2: Marion Ackerman, President of Kilkenny Chamber of Commerce and Industry. We're here in the beautiful sun-kissed gardens of Roth. House in Kilkenny for the launch of the Kilkenny Business Awards. A very uh, appropriate venue.
3: Absolutely. It was a a merchant house. So uh, John Roth could possibly have been very involved in Kilkenny Chamber had it existed back in those times. But yeah, it's a beautiful venue for our event, our launch today of the Kilkenny Business Awards.
2: And uh, Kilkenny Chamber, while not measuring its history in hundreds of years, 70 years, I think last year, and the Business Awards, a, a big event on the calendar.
3: Yeah, the Kilkenny Business Awards, uh, the highlight really of our social calendar, a very, very enjoyable event and open to members and to non-members for entry. Um, We... Usually have between five and six hundred people at the awards uh, evening. Um, we focus on it being really, really enjoyable. Um, we get through a lot of awards. There's 20 categories, and then we have lifetime achievement award, uh, president's award, and business overall business of the year award as well. So it's a busy night, but a very sociable night. And then we go on into the small hours with dancing, uh, fabulous food in a great venue. So I'd encourage anyone to enter the awards and come along on the night, the 16th of November, as the awards night.
2: And uh, what should people do who are kind of scratching their head who are kind of reluctant to say I'm not really a business that wants to be putting myself out there what kind of advice would you give them?
3: Well our business awards are open to members and non-members of the Chamber of Commerce Uh, so as long as you're doing business in the county of Kilkenny you are welcome to enter the awards. You can nominate yourself or you can nominate another business that you know um, are doing great things in Kilkenny. There are 20 categories so there's a category for every business there's emerging new business there's uh, innovation there's uh, investment and skills so there really is something for everyone all sectors all sides of business Um, and it's a great opportunity to kind of focus on what your business is doing well Um, and then on awards night it means it can be a treat for your team you know you bring them out you've been selected shortlisted you've gone through the interview stage Um, so when the winners are announced it's really it's well earned you know an awful lot of independent judging goes into selecting the shortlist and bringing the winners through an interview process as well
2: and key dates when do people need to get their entries in by
3: nominations are open now again it's free to enter and it's uh, open to members and non-members and we're opening nominations until the 18th of september and we have a new online nomination channel and application channel on our website clkennychamber.ie
2: so a couple of weeks away, but presumably people want to be getting themselves into gear around now. Is it is it an arduous application process to nominate yourself?
3: Nomination is three clicks. Um, it's a very simple process. The application takes a bit of work. Um, there are seven sections. Uh, it will look at all aspects of your business. And that's really so that the judges can... Um, Score your application and bring through the shortlist based on business performance and uh, what your the businesses that are doing great things. Um, so yeah, there's a little bit of work in it, but um, it's definitely worth it. And we've heard that from our winners over the years that uh, a Kilkenny Business Award, you know, means an awful lot. There's great prestige around the the, the awards.
2: Julian Hughes, uh, you entered the business awards last year, the Kilkenny Chamber Business Awards. You entered as the agri business. Uh, category and you ended up being the overall business of the year tell us about the journey to such dizzy heights
4: you know we we were very lucky aib put in a a nomination for us and i remember sitting in the office wondering who was who was it that put us forward very grateful to aib we um i'll be lying if i said that I, i i thought that we were in any way serious on the awards when we when we put in the application but um yeah, once we once we decided to commit to it we put our heart into it and we were delighted. I think I think it's a it's a very prestigious awards, it's widely recognized and the, the Chambers Award actually carries a lot of prestige both nationally and internationally. So I mean we were delighted to get nominated for one award and I remember on the night the uh you know, we won the Agribusiness Award, which was a huge surprise to us and we were really happy and uh, I remember sitting back having a drink thinking that's that's my night's work done and it dawned on me that there's an outside chance that we might get pulled for another award and if we, were, we were over the moon to, to win the main award, and you know, for all the stakeholders, staff, and even wives and things of like that in the business, it was great recognition for all the efforts that have gone in the last kind of four to five years, which has been very intense in the business.
2: Yeah, you mentioned about national and international impacts. Um, what are those like winning an award? Surely it just sits on a shelf. Does it have real business impact? We'd
4: well, be surprised who would actually know about the award win, which is the one thing that really took me, took me, took me aback a little bit. And that you'd be speaking to somebody you deal with a customer in Dublin or you know, we use the Chambers Award logo, the, the winner's logo on our on our footers, on our emails. And you'd be amazed how many people will come back to you. And, you know, either people that haven't seen the email will come back and know that you've won the awards or people that see the email and come back and actually congratulate you and, you know, are, are, are interested to talk around it. So, I mean, because it's an independently, you know, peer-reviewed award, it carries a lot of prestige. And people people, people certainly in Western Europe, know a lot about it. Quite a bit of work involved in getting an application together. How
2: arduous did you find
4: that? Yeah, put a bit of work into it. I must say, as I said, I I was a little bit dubious as to if it was the right time for us to go ahead with the award. And I suppose one thing I'd say to people in in the same situation is that you know you may not think you're ready for it. You may not think the business at the right stage, but there's really there's no harm in putting the award the the application in. Sat down myself and Jenny in the office. We we uh, we rattled away at getting the application put together you know it's 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 not it's not it's nothing too serious you just got to write down details that are really close to your heart anyway about the business so it's not it's not overly difficult to get the application together the screening or the um the interview process the panel interview you know it's a it's a it's a fairly it's a fairly informal discussion with a couple of people about the business and it's very easy to sit down and talk about your own business so all in all the process was you know it was straightforward enough and that you're talking about what you know very well anyway so it was it was you know, I'm not saying that it was it was easy, but it was relatively straightforward in terms of how to approach it. Okay, tell us about your business. We have a, um, it's a fresh produce business based in Kells, County Kilkenny. We carry a staff of, we're, we're at about 50 in climbing there at the moment. Um, we're what, you know, in fancy terms, you call a fully integrated fresh produce business. So we, we grow, pack, uh, process, and distribute from our facility in Kells out to the major retail multiples. So essentially what that means is that the product that you'll go in, you'll buy in a shop shell from one of the retail multiples is as it, as it leaves our premises in Kettles. Um And we, we have a farming element of it and we've got a, we've got a 10-man farm team and then we've got a, a processing and packing facility and then we've got the administration. So yeah, it's busy, it's very busy at the moment. We're facing into a very busy period in October now so we're, we're doing a lot of prep work.
2: Seasonality a factor and also weather I'm sure, does that have a bad summer impact on your business?
4: I mean we we carry a reasonably diverse range of you know in business terms product range but we just call them our cropping range so it means that we're not overly tied up if we were to grow the acreage and one crop of what we grow that would be extremely stressful you'd be very weather reliant whereas because we carry probably four to five major lines and also we do quite a bit of contract packing and handling produce for other people. It means that we're somewhat spread across summer, winter, and then uh, non, non, non-weather related factors. So, yeah, we're, we're reasonably diverse in terms of risk mitigation. It's not something that I would have set out to, to set the business up with from the off, but the business has naturally grown that way, that we're not overly reliant on any one crop or any one product line.
2: And how are you fixed for Brexit, if that's not an unfair question?
4: no i mean is it a naive thing to say that it wouldn't be a bad thing for our business you know i I sympathize heavily with people in the the likes of beef industry and um, industries that are heavily reliant on uk trade but certainly we get huge huge amount of undermining of irish produce by cheap surplus uk produce so i mean anything that would stem the flow or even make it a you know a small bit more expensive to buy out of the uk because the uk growers are very clever they won't undermine their own price so if they're you know, if they've got a product that's selling at, you know, five hundred euros a ton in the UK, they'll dump it on the Irish market for two hundred and fifty and hold their five hundred in the UK. So essentially, you know, very clever on their behalf, but we are the we are the the result of their of their efforts to keep their market up, which doesn't, you know, it doesn't help our business. So absolutely anything that can slow down that cheap surplus UK produce coming into Ireland and it's it's everywhere, you know, it's it's absolutely everywhere. People will be amazed how much imported fresh produce there is in this country um
2: leaving brexit aside i sensed you were somewhat surprised to win business of the year often uh something that's won by more mature businesses uh, in the in the longevity uh sense of things you know what are your plans for say the next five to ten years for the business
4: i mean um you know there's people that have come in and know our business and they often liken us to sitting on a racehorse with no reins no saddle and just holding on to the mane of a, of a racehorse it's it's been it's been extreme in the last four to five years and you know there's a couple of key people in the business you know, to family have been involved but there's michael Heine is one of the you know from the dark old days michael has been there with me and has has put huge effort into it so i mean it's 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 been exciting it's been painful at times we have built a new fact packing facility that we've just moved into and I suppose we've stabilized the business in the last twelve months and just kind of caught a hold of ourselves. We're probably facing into another period of growth there now, where we're we're going to add some numbers onto the onto the bottom lines in terms of revenues. So, yeah, unfortunately, we're back on a racehorse with no <laughs> no reins again.
2: And will you enter business awards again?
4: Uh, no, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Look, you know, I like the concept. The fact that we were nominated last time. Uh, would I? Would I? Would I? Would I? Yeah, I probably, I probably would enter us. I think it's a great thing, and I think it's because it's peer reviewed. It's lovely when somebody else recognises you and, and puts your name forward. We probably would still go ahead and put our own name in, given our experience with it so far. <coughs> I think knowing what we know, we'd see it as being worthwhile to actually apply for it, regardless of whether nominated or not.
0: The Bottom Line on KCLR with John Purcell. Brought to you with
1: thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants,
0: offering a broad range of business and advisory
1: services to businesses large and small across the southeast.
2: Much of the conversation about new employees in the business context often centres around third level graduates, but there are apprenticeships and a range of interesting schemes uh, which allow pathways to different careers and allow employers to try out potential employees, but the awareness among Uh, businesses is often quite low i came across the kickstart scheme which is run by margaret fogarty who's the project manager for this project which is run by kilkenny leader partnership and she joins me in the studio now margaret tell us about the kickstart program who's it aimed at
1: the kickstart program john is aimed at people who are living in the kilkenny area it is specific to County kilkenny at this point in time And it is effectively aimed at people who are looking to get to work, maybe change their career, return to work, having looked after children or been out of the workplace for some time, or recent graduates who may be struggling to bridge to employment, having completed their degrees.
2: So uh, presumably they are paid for a period of time under this scheme. Uh, How do they find an employer to take them on? Or is that done by your project?
1: That's done by our project, actually. So we've basically been using our network over a period of five years. And what we do is we sit down and look at the strengths and weaknesses and the skill set of the person that we're meeting and look at potential employment opportunities for those and then make have a meeting with the employer and discuss the possibility of getting a six-week placement. There may not be a particular job at the end of it, but at least that candidate then has an experience, a project they've delivered for that company, which is now adding value to their CV.
2: And what are the qualification uh, criteria for a company to take part in the Kickstart program?
1: Absolutely none. So effectively, a lot of the people that we would be dealing with are very, very small micro businesses right through to very, very large organizations. What we've discovered is that it might be that there is a project. Almost every business has one that they want to get done and they keep putting it on the long finger. And they also are sort of contemplating whether or not to take somebody into employment. So this is the opportunity to get that project done by someone who they can then get to know as a potential employee. And what we've tended to do as well is then look at things like the part-time job incentive. So look at taking someone on as a part-time employee with that potential employee is entitled to their benefit for a full 18 months if they're working for less than 20 hours per week.
2: Right. So very attractive. And very typically attractive. what type of businesses uh, tend to participate in this scheme?
1: Most of our businesses have been relatively small businesses to date, um, because obviously the challenge for a small business is each and every potential employee is a stepping stone. It's a significant thing when you're trying to scale a business. So they have been in the main small businesses, but we've returned a situation where 46% of our participants have ended up in employment out of the scheme, which given most job activation schemes are running at 19%, is a relatively high um, level of performance. So we've had everything from very small IT companies, framing companies, Um, gardening operators, tourism operators, kayaking businesses on the River Barrow, both of whom have taken their first uh, employees through us. And what we do is we support the employer to take on that employee as well.
2: Yeah, so in the case where you mentioned where they've sourced employees through us, that's literally getting somebody on the Kickstart program who does effectively an extended interview for six weeks, uh, resourced by this project. And then at the end of the six weeks, the employer goes, This is actually working out. It's likely to pay for itself. Would you like a job?
1: Absolutely. And one of the beauties, I suppose, of the way work is changing, John, is that there's much more flexibility in how you can employ people. So, for instance, say a mother returning to work, one of our biggest challenges tends to be childcare. But does that job need to be from nine to five? Can it be half past ten to half past one in the day? And, and therefore you're doing the 20 hours across five days. So it works for both parties involved. And what we've done is we've really, really kind of blown the model of classic employment out the window um, and it works for everybody. Mm. So it's been very, very effective to date.
2: How uh, developed does some employers uh, idea of how this might work have to be? Do they have to come to you with specific? This is the job. This is the project. This is the six weeks. Or Can they just contact you to say that sounds interesting. Can you tell me more?
1: Absolutely. That's exactly how we operate. I mean, to be honest, you know, who has the time to sit down and figure out what the project is? So that's where I suppose my skill set tends to come in. So what I do is I sit down with the the company. I work out the type of work that they need doing what sort of skills that person needs to have, I go look for the person for them. And then I would also look at people that I have. What kind of additional training do they need? And our program is co-sponsored by State Street. So we have a training fund. So if somebody needs social media training, we'll get them the social media training.
2: Fantastic. And if people are interested, specifically employers are interested, what should they do?
1: They should contact uh, Kilkenny Leader Partnership. Um, The office is based here at Patrick's Court in Kilkenny. And the coordinator for the programme is a lady called Alison. But immediately just contacting them by phone. Um, There is a website which is kickstartkilkenny.ie and um, contact me on LinkedIn, John, which is the way in which I've originally met yourself.
2: Absolutely. Um, So Alison at Kilkenny Leader and Reference Kickstart. Thanks very much, Margaret, and we'll talk to you again that's all we've got time for this week on the bottom line thank you very much for listening don't forget you can listen to a podcast of the program on iTunes or Spotify or indeed about any other podcast source you care to mention simply search the bottom line kclr if you'd like to contact the program with an idea comment or suggestion you can email us at the bottom line at kclr96fm.com thanks to deirdre drummy who in the midst of a cabin fever hectic week here at kclr produced and to edwina grace who helped stitch it all together until next saturday at nine enjoy the weekend and have a great week KCLR's Bottom Line.
1: Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants. Now offering a complete life and
4: pensions advisory service to business. Www.omf.ie.